What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're continuing our coverage, our round-the-clock coverage of the Damian Lillard trade saga. Uh, I promised you in yesterday's episode I would try to do some independent reporting, and I've come back from, um, you know, working the text message lines with some independent reporting that I that I can bring you. That's what we'll talk about. It's going to be Damian Lillard's choice where he ends up. That's, that's what the folks are saying out there. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Talk about the latest rumors of... Thing, just sort of everything surrounding the Damian Lillard trade saga, some sort of other odds and ends, and then the blame game. I think there's we're reached a portion part of the off season, which is the portion of the off season where people want to point a finger. It's it's this person's fault. It's this person's fault. It's it's, it's this and this. And I want to tell you that everyone deserves a little bit of blame. We'll we'll talk blame game to close the show. But first, that independent reporting, I promised you. Okay, if you listen to the show every day, which you should, it's a good podcast. Uh, Yesterday I said, you know, I I was going to round up all the rumors I possibly could about Dame. And I was going to do my best to um, do a little bit of, you know, find out what I personally could find out. Uh, If you're a longtime listener to this program, if you're everyday listener to this program, shout out to my everydayers. Uh, you know that I'm not like this isn't like a breaking news spot. This is not what that's not the strength of this channel. It's not the strength of this show. It's what I do here really well, and I think what adds what adds real value and why you keep coming back and you do keep coming back. I appreciate you. Uh, is that I can synthesize the news and kind of read the tea leaves and 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 make sense of 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 the mess. Um, that's that is my strength, and I know a little bit a little bit about basketball as well. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't come on the show and break news and tell you sources and then like, I don't fake the funk, right? Like if I, a lot of the times I just don't know stuff and I tell you, here's my best guess. But I wanted to um, try to come into today's show with a little bit more because it's the biggest news story in the NBA and I wanted to do my parts. Uh, in a past life, I was a full-time NBA reporter. So there are, there are people, um, that I still know who work in the league to some extent. Uh, and so I wanted to do my best to kind of reach out to the folks that I know who, who work in this business and find out what I can about Damian Lillard. So here's what I got. Damian's going to dictate where he goes. It's what it's, I talked to two different sources who said as much. One who said basically that, um, said, let me be clear again, I'm working the text message lines. One who wrote in a text message. Uh, this is like that. It, it's, it's about when Dame gets traded to the Miami Heat, not if. It's, it's when. And, and that's, that is the assumption uh, that, that most in the league, and according to this, this one person I spoke to, said is that, is that is someone I trust and I wouldn't share on here if I didn't trust them. Uh, that, 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 that most, that it seems like Dame to Miami is, if not inevitable, certainly the strong, strong favorite at this moment. And that's, that is the way um, that, Many are operating. And I spoke to another source who indicated that not only will the Blazers have very little say in where Dame ends up, that basically uh, the the Goodwins, Goodwin Sports Management, Dame's agent, Aaron Goodwin, is is orchestrating the trade. Like, he, he's, he's, he's working trade calls. That is not that surprising in the grand scheme of things. Like, that's, I'm not, I don't mean to be like, oh my goodness, Aaron Goodwin is making trade calls. That's how the league works. 
agents and powerful agents, and Aaron Goodwin's certainly one of them. That's who that's who kind of makes it happen behind the scenes. This is the most powerful people in the league. Is is the is the is the agent world? Um, you know, they are calling front offices and and figuring stuff out. Like that is that is how it works, sort of across the. Um, transaction spectrum at any time of the year that is not uncommon but the implication from the person I, that I spoke with like the idea being that I, I did a show yesterday in which I included a trade package from the Utah Jazz and um, the implication being Michael why are you talking about a trade package to the Utah Jazz that ain't happening that ain't happening and I will say this I you know I, I did this um you know, send send us some text messages during the day to make it happen. You are listening to Tuesday, July fourth show. Um, it's uh, it's a holiday, so if you're listening to this on your holiday holiday here in the United States uh, on your day off, thanks, thanks, thanks for starting your day with the program. Um, but the you know the um, I I, I you know, sent some text messages, got this information, and then I listened to the um, Mark Stein and Chris Haynes podcast, and Mark Stein said the same thing. <laughs> So I think what I was actually doing, and that podcast came out on Sunday, so I was like, a, I was 24 hours late, listened to it on Monday evening, 24 hours late. So what I think I was unknowingly doing was confirming information that was already out there. Um, I'm not trying to say like, I had it first. I didn't have it first. I straight up, this happened like, I just didn't know, I just didn't know about it. Um, but I will say that I'm willing to wager that Mark Stein's sources and my sources are very different folks, um, albeit reliable all the same so if i'm hearing that it's dame to miami seems like a certainty and mark stein someone who really knows stuff and who i super trust says that everyone he has spoken to thinks that dame to miami is a certainty it's going to be dame's choice it is i i mentioned yesterday's show even before i had um done any reporting whatsoever on this and just sort of kind of walking through the logic of the trade world and what and what dame wants is like it just seems like it's the Blazers will have to figure out a three-team deal or four-team, you know, multi-team deal for someone to take on Tyler Hero's money and get some other stuff, and eventually Damian Lillard will play for the Miami Heat. It's about when. Uh, you know, part of the calculation might be that the Jaime Jaquez has already signed a contract. He can't be traded for 30 days, so we're talking August. But whatever it is, it's, it, it, it is... Um, Trusted people in the media that you absolutely know, like Mark Stein and, and a podcaster in his basement like me, are hearing the same thing. Dame to Miami seems like a lock. And Aaron Goodwin is out there working the phones, uh, trying to make it happen, trying to, I would assume, and this is an assumption not reporting, is that what Aaron, Aaron Goodwin is trying to do is, and that's Dame, Dame's agent, is trying to do is, is work the phones to find a third team with a palatable package that wants to take on Tyler Hero and will send on whatever that is, and whether it's young players or additional draft capital to the Blazers to make it happen. And, and Portland will eventually agree to this deal with Miami and Team 3 and Team 4 to, to be determined. But the idea, I think, that was floated yesterday and floated by many listeners to this program that's like, no, wait, listen to calls from New Orleans and Minnesota and San Antonio and Utah. It does not appear that that is a very likely outcome. I won't say never. Um, certainly, there's a world in which the Blazers get blown away by a trade package and the preferences of Dame and Dame's agency is just like, sorry, <laughs> Zion Williamson and Herb Jones or something absurd like that. You know, it's like, it's like, sorry, we're, we, we have to do this and you have to figure it out. Not too dissimilar. Um, Donovan Mitchell was like basically a done deal traded to the Knicks. And then out of nowhere, the, the Cavs kind of snuck in in the, at the last minute and said, wait, we have a package that'll work. Um, 
Donovan Mitchell is not the same. It, his, the, his relationship with the Utah Jazz is not the same as Dame, as Dame's relationship with the Blazers. It's not really comparable. Um, you know, in that uh, episode of, of This League Uncut with Stein and, and Haynes, they compared it to Kevin Garnett. I, I think that's about right. Like, I think that's that's the level. It's a little. It's just a little bit different with with Dame. Um, and whether, like I said on yesterday's show, I don't know. I don't know what O means. Like, I, I don't know what O means. I don't know what the Blazers owe Dame. I don't know what Dame owes the Blazers. I don't know what O means in this in this in this case but i do know what the league is operating as based on what i have heard and what others have heard is that the blazers are going to that dame is going to get his wish it's going to be his choice let's talk about some other rumors and some sort of mitigating factors uh for damian lillard and i and, I've, and i have a thought on a comment chris haynes made about uh the league watching how how the blazers operate that's what i want to talk about in the second segment but before we do that i want to tell you about prize picks it's daily fantasy made easy i play prize picks on the app I played during the NBA season, and how it works is I pick between two and six players on every entry, and Prize Picks sets stat lines for things like blocks, assists, points, rebounds, steals, and I can go over or under the stat lines they set. If I go six for six, I can win 25 times my money, but if I'm not feeling froggy, I can say, I'm going to say I get four out of six, slightly worse odds, but you still can get some money. Five out of six, you get a little bit better odds, a little bit juicy odds, and make some money. When you win, get safe and fast withdrawals. You don't have to play basketball. They got every every other sport you're looking for on there, so if this summer you want to get in on WNBA action or Major League Baseball action, it'll be right there waiting for you, or if you want to pick back up with me in the fall when the NBA season kicks off, well, you've got a long wait, but don't wait. Learn how to play Prize Picks right now. Go to PrizePicks.com or download the app, and first-time users can sign up and get a hundred up a instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars when you use the promo code Locked On. So you use that promo code, put in hundred bucks, they give you hundred bucks. Put in fifty bucks, they give you fifty bucks. That's a hundred percent instant deposit match. So don't forget when you sign up today to use that promo code Locked On. All right. So it sounds like Damian Lord to Miami is very likely from folks around the league. That is that is indeed how they're operating. Is that 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 is likely to happen? But there are still going to be other suitors out there. It doesn't mean that that um, other teams won't work work to see if they can find a deal. And I think James Harden's um, position in Philadelphia, where he's you know opted into a single year contract and basically asked for a trade and said trade me to the Clippers. Um, you know, I think having another big fish out there on the market complicates things a little bit. And certainly, um, you know, what if if like if the Dame to Miami thing is like 88%, there's a ma- that 12% is massive, right? It's it, it is it is absolutely massive. And part of it is that there's like there are a short list of suitors that you could find a wor- there's like a totally believable world in which Damian Lord would be comfortable getting traded to, one of which is the Philadelphia 76ers. And I talked about in yesterday's show that the report Reporting from both both Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports and Mark Stein of the Stein Line indicated that the that the Sixers who do not really have juicy draft picks to trade they um they only have the 20 uh, 2030 unprotected pick but you know they could send Tobias Harris's expiring money and they could send a really good player under 24 in Tyrese Maxey but according to Stein and according to Fisher Tyrese Maxey is not available and uh, ESPN's Brian Windhorst said the same thing that that Mac, Tyrese Maxey is currently unavailable in trades, which makes the Philly package um, the, just it, it, it was already relatively unlikely. But if you're not going to include your best piece, 
then it gets a little bit dicey. So uh, Windhorse had been reporting on this over the course of, of the week since sort of this saga began last week and into the first couple nights of free agency. And he was on SportsCenter on Monday and he said uh, the following, quote, I think of all the available pieces that you see out there on the board that could be that could be offered for Damian Lillard. I think Maxi, Ty- Tyrese Maxi, is the prime piece. And again, if Philadelphia was making that offer, Dame Lillard might be in Philly right now but they are not. This supports the reporting from Stein and the reporting from Jake Fisher, but I think it touches on something that is, um, I mentioned on yesterday's show that I think is worth reiterating. I said that I thought Tyrese Maxey was the best player that they could likely trade for. Um, to me, he's just straight up better than Tyler Hero, and Hero is about to kick into a four-year, $125 million contract. Maxey is not due till a, he's in the final year of his deal, won't, won't get a, uh, a new deal. I mean, he's extension eligible, I guess, until the first day of the regular season, but um, um, he's, uh, you know, he's he doesn't have a new deal waiting for him next summer. He will play himself into that new deal very likely over the course of this year. He's going to get a whole bunch of money. He's really good. To me, he's a little bit better than Tyler Hero. They're similar players. Like, if you think Tyler Hero's way better because you're a Heat fan listening to my podcast, that's fine. I'm not mad at you. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, but, like, to me, Ty- Tyrese Max is a little bit better. He's just a little bit better. He's been more consistent in the playoffs. Hero was really good in the bubble, has not been very good in the postseason since then. Um, th- Maxi again, very similar players. But Maxi doesn't have much value on the Blazers either. Like, he... he, he, he Portland has this, right? A questionable defensive small guard under six foot four. They have Anthony Simons. They have Shane Sharp. They have now Scoot Henderson. You know, Scoot might end up being a good defensive player, but I'm willing to wager he'll be a bad one as a as a teenager, as a rookie teenager. Um, that that seems like a pretty safe bet. Um, and if you were to like launch a rebuild, another like another. Um, four guard quadrant um, under six foot five with questionable defensive ability is not the place you want to start. But the reason that you'd be interested in Tyrese Maxey is because good. And the way that the Blazers are trying to will and are trying to reroute Tyler Hero to a third team, if you could just get Philly's package and reroute Tyrese Maxey to a third team, you might be able to get juicier, like juicier stuff back. One, a little bit cheaper. So it's easier to like make the money work with a third team. And two, um, just, uh, he might straight up be more valuable. It might, it might be might be preferred. So um, I think Philly is off the board in part because they don't want to trade Tyrese Maxey. But if they were on the board, at least the reporting from Brian Windhorst suggests that the Blazers think like I do and that they would say, yeah, we want we want him or we want the, want the ability to acquire Maxey so we can flip him somewhere else. I will say this. Philly voice, Kyle Newbuck, and uh, and... Um, this is reporting that is uh, somewhat dated, but Kyle said on uh, when he wrote on Saturday evening, Kyle's a really good beat reporter for the Philly Voice, does a wonderful job, and, Ky- and, and Kyle wrote that um, basically the, the Sixers are operating as if Damian Lord is his first choice to the Miami Heat will be honored, so they haven't really gone down the path too far. That was as of Saturday. Um, I think that's what the whole league thinks, is that Dame's going to Miami, which brings up a comment that, uh, Chris Haynes made on his podcast, uh, This League Uncut, that he hosts with, co-hosts with Mark Stein. Two veteran reporters, super plugged in dudes, um, and, and Haynes is obviously the Damien Lord whisperer. They're good. They're legitimately good friends. Uh, Haynes was at his, like, when Dames was invited to Dames' wedding. Like, they're legitimately good friends. Uh, and Haynes has been covering Dames since his rookie year, yada, yada, yada. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm sure you know who Chris Haynes is. 
but he mentioned on that show, and I think I, I saw this because it was like making rounds on social media, and it was it was like a big thing on r slash um, rip city. Shout out to my redditors out there who are going through it. Hang in there, y'all. Hang in there. We're gonna make it to the other side. I promise. Um, and the Scoot Henderson will be there when we get to the other side. Scoot Henderson will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but I saw this on social media that that Haynes said in that podcast, and then I went and listened to that podcast, which I realized then that. Stein had already reported something that I thought was unique to this podcast, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, but uh, Haynes said that like one of the reasons that, um, or, or sort of one of the factors in, in, that the Blazers have to consider when they're dealing Dame, and one of the reasons why they won't send him somewhere he doesn't want to go, um, and they specifically talked about the Utah situation, is that other players around the league are watching the way the Blazers operate, and that will have, a, have an impact. And I think that is true to some extent, uh, it, it is a players league, like, um, as much as, as much as it maybe nerds like me want it to want it to be run by people with calculators. I don't want that to be clear, but like, um, po- the pocket protector gang out there, um, shout out to my, who wants to look at a graph gang. Um, but like it's it, it, players still, particularly players of Damian Lillard's caliber and, and someone who is, you know, been in the league and been as good as he is for long, like they have real sway and, and, and it, it matters. But the idea, I do not think the idea that if the Blazers were to like trade Dame to Minnesota or whatever, just to like throw out up, up cold place, if they were to trade him to Utah or Minnesota or whatever, um, which again, I don't, I, I, spe- I very specifically do not think, I think they're going to honor his request that it would like that players around the league would like take note of how the Blazers treated a franchise icon. They would absolutely. They would, they would see that and they would say, dang, cold world. Like it's a business. It happens all the time in the league. And um, there is some notion that this would be like that Scoot Henderson would would feel this and say like, oh, man, do I want to like be be here forever and plant my flag here if if 11 years, 12 years later, they're going to trade me to a place I don't want to go after more than a decade. I just don't really buy that. Um, I, I do think players notice and they would take note of it and it would be like a small little asterisk like, oh yeah, like Joe Cronin did, did kind of did Dame dirty at the end of that. Like abs- absolutely, absolutely. That would be a thing that, uh, that players noticed for closing in on six weeks before they forgot about it. Um, and before they moved on, play, th- th- like the real truth here is that the Blazers and something like 22 teams in the league are not players in free agency at a major level. Most teams in the league use free agency to add role players. Role players want a chance to make money and have an opportunity to play. If you are offering them that, they're not going to worry about the one time that you traded Dame to a place that's cold as opposed to the place in, that he wanted to in Southern, wanted to play in Southern Florida. I think what that means, my actual read on Haynes' statement, which I don't think is wholly false. I think it's just a little overstated. My actual read on it is that who would who would take note? Aaron Goodwin and Aaron Goodwin's ilk, Rich Paul and the Mark Bartlestein and the powerful agents in the league who say like, if I have an option to not deal with them, I won't because they don't honor what my clients want and I'm mad about that. Like, I think... And, and very specifically, I think it would burn a bridge with Goodwin Sports Management, with GSM, not with anyone else. If the Blazers were, and they're not going to, to be clear, but if, if if they were to trade Dame somewhere he doesn't want to go, like if someone swoops in with a godfather offer and it's like, whoops, you play for the Hornets now, um, <laughs> to, to name a very unlikely place, okay, you're a hawk. Uh, like, it, it would be, it would burn a bridge with like 
Goodwin Sports Management. It wouldn't be this like thing where players across the league say, don't go to Portland, they treat you poorly. Certainly players talk and like that stuff matters. Um, like I, I think the Knicks like bad ownership has burned them for a long time. I think for, again, the, the Sterling era Clippers, I think that was, that's like a real thing. And I think to some extent, maybe um, part of that explains why the Dallas Mavericks haven't signed a meaningful free agent in um, forever, seemingly my entire life. At least, uh, at least in the 21st century, haven't signed like a like a deeply impactful free agent every time they've lined themselves up to the latter half of the 21st century. Um, so, so I I remember um, some point guards who returned there in the in the early aughts. Um, but like it is, I just don't think. I think it is a little bit overstated that like trading Dame so he doesn't want to go would be like a would be like a pock on Joe Cronin and the Blazers record. I think it would be a thing that would piss off powerful agents in the league and might get you earmarked as like difficult to deal with. Don't deal with him if you don't have to. Um, but guess what? Everyone, like I said, if you're not dealing with top tier free agents, with which the Blazers basically never will because of um, how the league works. Role players need jobs and they're going to take money. And like Bruce Brown is always going to take $20 million to go play for the Indiana Pacers. It's always going to work that way. If Blazers are offering that kind of money, it will always work that way. Okay. I want to talk about blame uh, on the same note. It's like, if the Blazers do this, it's like, you know, who do we point the finger at? I think this situation is kind of messy and it's very likely to drag on for weeks um, which is which is fun if you host a daily podcast at least we know what we're going to talk about often at least once a week as we get uh further into this mess um but like soon we're gonna talk about summer league i promise but i think there's been this idea that um you have to like pick a side who to blame this is also like picking this up from social media but i i, I want to talk about my sort of thoughts on blame and how the blazers ended up in this position that's what we'll do to close the show Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point card. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Portland is at a gross crossroads, quite frankly, where they are going to be forced to trade a franchise icon, someone whose brand has been being loyal to the city and the franchise and his people and the people in it. But he got to a point in his career where he said, I don't want to be here, and he has requested a trade. He is running from the grind, to use a phrase. And there is, there are factions forming where people want to say, I blame the point guard. I blame the front office. I blame the other front office from the past. And I am here to tell you that everyone deserves blame. That's how this works. The way things are when anything goes wrong in your life. Many factors are at play and no one deserves... I don't feel the need to like look at the scales and say, oh, well, that side is weighted a little heavier. I just look at the scales and say, yeah, there's a little bit of blame to go around. That's why there's a little bit of blame on every portion of the scale. So let's just start with the, the, the past. The Neil Olshay era Blazers refused to go all the way in. They kept mistaking 
good fortune for proof of concept. And instead of the moments when they should have said, this doesn't work, let's let's blow it up, let's trade CJ McCollum, let's push, let's, you know, let's take a big swing knowing it might fail. They did things like passing on trading for Kawhi Leonard, worried that uh, with one season left on his contract, he might walk. Well, guess what? He did walk, but he won a championship in Toronto first. Taking the big swing would have worked, or at least not might not have worked. Let me be clear. Taking a big swing very well might have been worth it. Not taking a big swing was continually playing it safe. And when then you did have success beyond what like the play it safe type rosters they put together, they tripled and quadrupled and quintupled and sextupled. And I don't know beyond that octuple. I don't know what nine is. I could have got up to eight pretty easily. I don't know what nine is. Nine, the nine tupled down. <laughs> they, they just straight nine tupled down on, on it. Um, wh- when they weren't very good in 20, when they got swept out of the playoffs in 2018, and then they came back in 2019 and had this sort of miraculous, if not a miraculous, very impressive run to the Western Conference Finals. They quintupled down on, on that team and, and everybody got a contract extension and a raise. They didn't take chances and they put themselves in a position where they had never cashed in their chips. And when they did cash in their chips, they did things like get Larry Nance Jr. and Robert Covington, players that help you stay in the middle. That deserves some blame. Damian Lillard deserves some blame too. He was deeply loyal to many players in the roster. And from what I understand, and I want to be clear here, pretty resistant to the idea of trading CJ McCollum for almost all of his tenure with the Blazers. They would have had to talk him into it. That's the job of the front office to be clear. But Dame certainly was like, nah, we can like, this is the duo I want, blah, 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 blah. Like this, he never put that sort of like, hey, make make the big move. In fact, um, from what I understand at times was like, don't, you know, not don't, but like only do it under certain circumstances. Only do it for the Kawhi Leonard's. Don't, don't, you know, no marginal, just slightly taller upgrades. Wanted to play with his buddy. Damon Lord also deserves um, just some basketball blame. He has some limitations to his game. He's an all-time great offensive player, one of the great offensive players in the history of the sport. Truly, truly, truly a generational shooter, um, someone who has completely upended the geometry of the sport, the way he shoots from deep. Like, he is... Um, the further we get away from his game, the more we will say, like, oh, yeah, he, he broke how... Uh, someone shooting from 35 feet can like consistently and accurately shooting like slightly above league average from 35 feet away broke the game. We will, we will respect Dame's offensive arsenal more as we get further away from it. He's an all time great, but he's also a, has pretty much never been an above average defender, never been an above average defender. I don't need to caveat that with pretty much. He's always been a below average defender and it's hard building a really good team around someone who is not um, at least a plus on both ends. It's hard to win at that level. Then you throw in the money. He was always making a kajillion bajillion dollars. He was always making the max money. He deserved that money. But there are, this is the part of, this is the challenge. This is the, like, this is why you can, uh, the blame can go around. It's hard to win in this league. And if you are someone who is an absolute stud on one in the court, like Dame, Dame's been, you know, top 10 player in the NBA for I don't know, six seasons, six consecutive seasons, something like that. A while, like a long time. He's an all, like a truly an all-time great player. But he has challenges to his game that make team building, and particularly at a championship level, difficult. You throw that in with the inability to, or the unwillingness to take a big swing to upgrade the roster, a commitment to a just a, a paradigm of small guards that didn't work. 
You're going to get there. Dame deserves a little bit of blame in this. He also deserves some blame in how this has played out this summer. Uh, every moment he got a chance to talk into a microphone, Damian Lillard took the opportunity to put public pressure on the Trailblazers. You can read that in a couple different ways. One, you can salute the honesty. Every time they asked him a question, he said, you better get me vets or I'm going to leave. If I leave, I'm going to want to play for the Brooklyn Nets or Miami Heat. He was being 100% honest. Dude didn't. Dude was a lion. He was telling it like it is, and and they didn't follow through. I'll do more on that in a moment. But putting the public pressure on the Blazers and with the contract status that he has, put them in a different and a difficult situation because everybody in the league knew what the Blazers needed to do, and so the asking price to get stuff done went up. They were. He put them in a tough spot by virtue of of constantly pu- putting public pressure on them. He was putting public pressure on him because he was probably worried they were going to do exactly what they ended up doing, which was nothing. So he was like, hey, don't do nothing. They still did it. But by putting public pressure on them, it put them in a in a worse spot. I think that is undeniable. Dame deserves some blame. And quite frankly, Joe Cronin deserves some blame here too. He screwed this up. Or... This was always his plan. I think there are three reads on Joe Cronin where how how the Blazers got here under his leadership. None of them are particularly flattering as we sit here today. The first read is that he always wanted to rebuild. But when he took over, there was marching orders to keep Damon Lord in the fold from the ownership, but also get cheaper. So then he got into this dual dual roads of, okay, I'm going to tear down this roster, take, you know, make sure I get no long-term money, make sure I get this trade exception that gets you Jeremy Grant, because that's who Dame wants to play with, but no long-term money and no, I'm not going to add like vets that are going to help into the future. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go younger. We're going to tank that first year. We're going to get a draft pick. We're going to, we're going to put ourselves in this position. Then we're going to, in year two, I'm not going to add a center to the roster. We're going to be intentionally bad again. We're going to tank again. And then it'll will end up this way. The 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 first read is that is that Joe Cronin always wanted to rebuild, but had to navigate the situation with ownership and with Dame, such that he had to give Dame that fat contract because that was part of the marching orders, and that's the the how you got to why Dame didn't walk away when he did in twenty twenty or the following year in twenty twenty two. It's but Cronin always had this up his up his sleeve, always wanted to rebuild, and this was the way that you could rebuild and not look like the bad guy, and now Dame's asking out, and maybe he looks like the bad guy. That's read number one. Read number two is that he was naive, and he really thought he could do both. He really thought he could do both. Thought he could go young and convince Dame to stay, He really, really thought he could do both. Naivete does not sound like a a positive read in my mind. And the third read is is in conjunction with the first one, is that he just straight up lied. Um, That he never intended to take a big swing this summer. And when he kept saying, you know, I'm anxious to push our chips in, he never was that. He was anxious to push this rebuild in. So it's it's either the rebuild was always the plan and it kind of got jump-started by the Blazers struggling a little bit and ending up with the third pick, or it's that he straight up just lied about their their path forward. I don't think he straight up lied. I think he over I think he overstated his plan a little too much in order to like appease Dame. 
And I don't read him as naive. I read him as someone who got caught in the middle of two things. An ownership that wanted to keep their franchise icon and his preference to rebuild because he had been part of this for a while and knew that the roster needed, knew that it needed to tear down and the best way to tear it down is through the draft. And he knew those two things, but getting caught in the middle of this and the way he handled it does not look good. He deserves blame as well. And that's where we find, that's where we land up. The previous, the previous GM deserves blame. Damian Lillard deserves blame. And the current general manager deserves blame as well. You can choose if you'd like, you can say, I think, I want to blame Joe Cronin. I want to blame Neil Olshay. I want to blame Damian Lillard. I'm not going to choose. I do not feel compelled to choose. I, I feel compelled to say, yeah, the, how you end up in this situation is a variety of things going haywire, going a little sideways. The team went sideways quite literally for a while. They were pretty pretty much similar for a while. And... and I think the change in general management, the change in, in the front offices didn't end up giving you the big swing, the big risk that you'd always hoped. It maybe got you a guy who wanted to rebuild and did it in a strange way that ends with this ugly divorce in the summer of 2023. Everybody deserves some blame here. So if you have a friend who's um, who, who wants to say, who whose fault is this? Answer it this way. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, it's everybody's fault. You don't get here without it being everybody's fault. That's going to do it for today's show. I promise we're going to talk about Summer League. Um, Scoot Anderson is is out here just, he's go, Scoot Anderson and Shane Sharp are going to play a game on Friday night. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. We're going to get there. You're listening to Tuesday's show. Um, but we need to sort of, this is the biggest story in the league and I feel compelled to cover it more than taking a break to say like, hey, Abu Baji is going to show out in Summer League. But I promise we'll get there. So if you're itching to talk actual basketball, penciled in later this week, a full show on Summer League. We'll talk Shaden Sharp. We'll talk Scoot Henderson. We'll, we'll talk positivity and what's next with the Blazers. But for now, I appreciate you rocking with the show and appreciate you rocking with me. Do me a favor. Tell your friends about this podcast. Come back for tomorrow's show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.